Amen. Thank you, Pastor Norton. And it's a great pleasure and a great honor to be here. It's been a long time since I've been able to preach at this particular Good Friday event that we have every year. I think I, um, I don't remember in 2019 where we were. I don't know if I was here or if we were at, at Hope. But I know in 2020 we didn't have a service. And uh, in 2021 we were here. We had sub sandwiches. I remember that. And, um, and so maybe that was, that was, was that last year? That was last year, I think. 2021, I think we were at Hope. I think we were in Hope, because I had you preach. No, we were here in 2021. No, nothing in 2020. 2021, we were, in, we were in Hope, and I had him preach, because he was just, he was, I thought to myself, I'm glad I didn't have to come and take a new church during a COVID pandemic. That was a, that was a challenge. I never had that class in college. <laughs> anyway, it was quite a challenge for, for anyone. I'd been there for 20 years, and, and you just getting started during that whole thing. And so, um, so then last year we were, we were um, at Hope, and you preached for us, and now this year we're here. So it's an honor to be here, and it's a great joy to be in the house of God and to commemorate and to remember uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Without him, no life. Without Jesus, nothing. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing, which is very true. You'll take your Bibles and turn them to the book of John. Uh, John chapter 19. John chapter 19, we're going to look there starting in verse number 28 and read down to verse number 30. I am reading out of the original King James, and I noticed you have maybe the new King James out there, so there'll be a little bit of difference here, but just bear with that if you would. Uh, John chapter uh, 19, verses 28 through 30. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother, or excuse me, that's verse 27. After this, knowing that Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let us pray. Father in heaven, bless our time together now around the word of God. Help us to be mindful of all that you have done for us and to be Uh, remembering that our trust, our confidence, all that we have is bound up in Jesus Christ, in his death, his resurrection, that we might have life. And Lord, how grateful we are. We just give you thanks, Lord. We look around the world today and we see what a lost world looks like. How thankful we are, Lord, that we have been saved. Lord, if there's someone here in our midst here today that needs Jesus as their Savior, we pray, Lord, that that individual would come to Christ even tonight. We would pray, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. We're going to be focusing on the words here of Jesus Christ in verse number 30. It is finished. I wanted, before I do that, just to recount for you the day that Jesus had uh, leading up to this uh, time when he uh, said, it is finished, and then he said uh, one more word after that, and then, of course, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, and there he is uh, uh, with uh, his father. So um, the first thing that happened was at midnight, 
After the arrest of Jesus, the cock crowed at midnight with Christ's trial ongoing and uh, Peter denying Jesus. About three o'clock in the morning, the cock crew again. Jesus looked at Peter, who began to weep bitterly. In the morning, the chief priest took counsel to put Jesus to death and sent him to Pilate. Pilate sent Jesus to be mocked of Herod and to have a crown of thorns and a purple robe placed upon him. Pilate had Jesus scourged, and then the Jews cried out for him to be crucified. Simon of Cyrene bore Christ's cross before nine o'clock in the morning. At nine o'clock in the morning, Jesus Christ is nailed to the cross between two criminals. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus then told the repentant thief, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. At noon, darkness is begun for three hours. At three o'clock, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Soon after that, Jesus says to his mother, Behold thy son, and to John, the apostle, Behold thy mother. Next, Jesus said, as we see in our text here, I thirst as he prepared for the words which we are going to be looking at in our text this evening. And finally, just before he said, these, the Father, uh, just before he said, Father, into, my, into thy hands I commend my spirit, he cried with a loud voice, It is finished. Those are some of the most encouraging words that we'll ever hear. And Jesus spoke them from the cross. I'm so glad that Jesus could say on the cross, it is finished. First thing we want to look at as we understand what Jesus is saying here, it is finished is an expression of surely of alleviation. Our Lord's suffering was immense. We should never forget how much he suffered for us. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 14, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was, visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7, the prophet Isaiah says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so openeth he not his mouth. I don't think we can really fully relate to how much suffering Jesus suffered on the cross. It was more than just physical. Obviously, the physical was immense by itself. But Jesus, to become sin for us, who knew no sin, that was the real pain of the cross. Think about his father turning his back on him while he's on the cross and and not able to even look at him. An eternal break in the relationship between the Father and the Son. His suffering was forever ended. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And surely on the cross he knew he would not have to be returning to that place of suffering. It was all over. It was all alleviated. He had done everything he came to do. 
He came to seek and to save those who are lost. And so, surely, it is finished as an expression of alleviation. I want to draw your attention to two, two contexts, if you will. Two things that uh, you can put, it, it is finished in the context of. First of all, let's, let's imagine a man standing in front of a house of ruins. Maybe the house has been as we've seen so much over the Midwest lately, various places and in the South, uh, just destroyed by a tornado. Or it could be burnt completely to the ground by a fire. And the man stands there in front of that house and with tears in his eyes, he says, it is finished. And then let me point you to another context. And that is, here's a man who stands... Inside of his house, he's got, a, he's got a tool for stretching carpet. And he's just whacked that last piece of carpet into place. And he stands there with a tool in his hand and he says, with a tear in his eyes, after having built this house by himself for all of these months and years, and he says, it is finished. Now, I believe it's that second man that is more like what Jesus Christ was expressing. Although, if you looked at the scene, if you were just to look at the scene that day, you might think that Jesus was expressing, it is finished as, uh, it's ruined, it's done, it's over. But no, he's, he's not doing that. He's expressing, expressing that, in fact, it is accomplished. It is finished. It is an expression of accomplishment. Jesus Christ has accomplished what no other man could ever accomplish. The salvation of sinful men. Salvation of men and women like you and like me. Praise the Lord. It is finished. That's what the Word of God says. You might look at that thing. Sometimes I, I look at that scene and everything, everything around Jesus that day is evil and bad. We might even call it Bad Friday because it was horrible. Every The injustices, all the things that happened to Jesus leading up to this situation and the rejection by sinful men, that was a horrible thing. But what Jesus did on that cross, that was greater good than any evil that happened that day. Jesus Christ accomplished what no other man could accomplish. And so the great work of redemption was accomplished. Matthew chapter 5, verse, seven, verse 17, Jesus said, Think not that I, come, I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He lived a sinless and holy life. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, 
from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Our Lord Jesus Christ accomplished a great work on that cross. And we're all the beneficiaries. You know Jesus as your Savior. Did you know we're going to be in heaven with Him for all of eternity? We're going to be, we're going to be dwelling with Him, and so shall we ever be with the Lord forever. None of that is possible without that, that one day, that day of suffering that Jesus had to endure. But now it's endured, and He says, it is finished. And so the great work of redemption is accomplished. Now we need to understand, of course, that the work of God continues. I was saved back in 1970. Many of you weren't even thought of in 1970. It's like, wow, that's a long time ago. I was eight years old when I was saved. Eight years old, I was saved in 1970. I'm glad the Lord waited until I came along and I could hear the gospel. My mother led me to the Lord there and I received him. God's work is going on. Men are still being saved today. Men and women uh, still coming to Jesus Christ to this very day. The work of God continues, but everything has to go through this cross. There is no salvation apart from what Jesus did on this day. And so the great foundation has been laid. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than, it, than that, that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And of course, Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and some other passages talk about Jesus being the stone which was rejected of the builders, but now he's become the headstone of the corner, the chief cornerstone. That's who Jesus Christ is. And so... It is finished is an expression here of that which Jesus accomplished. And finally and lastly, it is finished is surely an expression of anticipation. Anticipation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching water, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Did you hear that? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Surely Jesus, as he said, is his finished, also anticipated that glory, right? This is a, this is a wonderful expression of of the Lord Jesus Christ as he, as he uh, anticipates. It's finished. It's, it's accomplished. In fact, you know, um, uh, that word, it is finished, the word finished in verse number 30, it comes from the same exact Greek word that the word accomplished in verse 28 comes from. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, that's the same word that Jesus expresses in verse 30 when he says it is finished. That is the word that Jesus used. It's, it's not finished as in it's kaput, it's all over, men have rejected me. It is finished because I have accomplished everything I came to do. I lived a perfect and holy life. I loved my Father unto the end. 
And now God is going to honor me and I'm going to receive my glory. Praise the Lord. He anticipated his glory. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And then Philippians, we know this passage. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is, uh, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ anticipated his glory. And not only that, he anticipated the church's glory. You see, you and I, if we are in Christ, we will share in Christ's glory. One day, you and I will receive a glorified body. It's going to be far different from the body we're in today. This body that is subject to all kinds of sickness and and disease and all kinds of things. I'm thankful. Now, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and that's true. But there's no way we have the strength to overcome this thing called death outside of Jesus Christ. There's no way. This body's going to die. And thus Jesus comes first. It's going to die. And, uh, but Jesus... He came, he died for us in our place so that we could have his glory. We could share in that glory. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, those who are made holy in him. Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see, the hard part, Listen, the cross of Jesus Christ is the hardest work that's ever been done. It was harder than creation. All God had to do in order to create everything was to speak. He just spoke everything into existence. But if he was going to save mankind, it was going to take his son coming to earth and dying on that cross in a vicious, violent way in order that we might have eternal life, to shed his blood for us. That's what it took. Jesus even prayed in the garden, if there be another way, let this cup pass from me. There was no other way. That was the only way. And Jesus had accomplished what needed to be done. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27 Uh, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, I know a lot of times we focus, and, and, and it's fine, I believe Christian marriage is important. It's important. 
We need, to, we need to live the way the Bible tells us that we need to live so that we can give glory to God and be faithful. But marriage is to be a picture of something greater. It's a picture of Christ and his church. That's, a, that's an even greater relationship. And Christ's church is to be holy. It's to be spotless. It's to be without wrinkle or any such thing. And that's only possible because Jesus Christ paid for our sins on the cross. He suffered for you and for me that we might have eternal life. Now, folks, I believe these words, it is finished, are some of the most important words that we can understand or share with anybody. There's a whole world out there who doesn't understand that, it, that Christ has already done all the work. It's all finished. It's done. We, we have nothing left that we can do. If we try to do it, we, we, we're lost. If we insist, no, Lord, I will do it myself, then we contradict what Jesus said right from the cross when he said, it is finished. It's accomplished. I've done it all. We don't have to do anymore. In fact, we can't help out. We have, to re- we have to receive Christ and all that he's done for us or we will not be saved. But if we will receive him, if we will take him, trust in his work that he did for us. And of course, praise the Lord, Sunday's a coming, right? Praise the Lord. Now listen, if, if there was no Easter, this, it would only be bad Friday, right? It's only Good Friday because there's Easter coming, folks. This is the gospel. You can't leave out the resurrection when you share the gospel. You have to believe that Jesus not only died, but that he rose again if you're going to be saved. How are you going to live? How are you going to have life if Jesus is dead? My life is in Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And so is yours. If you have Jesus as your Savior, your life is, is all in him. He has done for us what we could not do. And we need to share that message with the world. We need to go tell the world, you know what? Jesus said it's finished. He did the work. He said it right from the cross. And you need to stop trying to get to heaven on on your own good works and, and doing good things. They'll never bring you to heaven. Only the work of Jesus Christ can do that. Then maybe there's someone here in our midst. I know I'm speaking mostly to Christian brothers and sisters, but I don't know all of your hearts. I don't even know the hearts of my own people completely from our church. But I know this, um, if you need Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in the work of Jesus. Death is a real thing, and you can't overcome it, but Jesus did. Jesus did. And if you'll trust Jesus, the promise of God is he will take you to be with him forever. He'll change your whole life. I'm not going to sit there and tell you your life won't change. It'll change completely. Your life will change. Praise God. I'm glad I don't have to find out the power of God. I'm waiting for, to see if the power of God is real when I go to heaven. No, I've, I've already seen the power of God in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of others who've come to Jesus and their life completely turns around to the glory of God. He'll change your life. 
but you need Jesus. Believe on him today. You can call out to him right where you are. You just say, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus as my Savior. You know, he says he'll never cast you away. He died for you. He paid the price for your sin, for all of our sins. Why would he reject you? That's what he came to do. Say, but I'm just too bad. His death overcame every evil, every sin. There's nothing too, too much that Jesus can't save. Praise God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are a wonderful God. Your love to us is so immense. Even as we look at this scene on the cross, this day of Jesus that led up to this saying, it was a horrible day in some senses because it shows the complete depravity of mankind. Not just, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles were involved in this as well. We're all sinners. And so, Lord, um, we thank you that Jesus was willing to come and, and pay this price for us. And this is what we remember, Lord, even as we uh, commemorate here at the Lord's table in just a few moments. We thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live in the light of what you've done for us, to be reminded of these things. And then, Lord, of course, if there's any here that need Jesus as their Savior, I pray that they wouldn't leave today without him. They wouldn't uh, think that they can try to do it themselves, or that somehow it'll all just work out in the end. No, no, Jesus has already worked it out. But we must trust him, and the Bible is very clear that salvation is only in Jesus. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen.